Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. We've got a jam-packed hour and some big news from an IU perspective. Last night, as kind of thought, maybe Tamar Bates entered the transfer portal. He is going to, it appears, exit Bloomington after a few seasons. And uh, so I don't think there's a huge surprise there. We talked some about Tamar and the possibility that he could leave the program yesterday, and now it's official. He did enter the transfer portal in an announcement that came out on Tuesday night. Good news for Indiana. They picked up a commitment from Ball State transfer Peyton Sparks within the last hour or so. Sparks visited IU a couple days ago, committed to the IU program two days later. Six foot nine, 240-pound center. Uh, he, uh, from originally, played high school basketball from Winchester, Indiana, a couple hours away from Bloomington, but he averaged 13 and a half points, 8.7 rebounds, and 1.9 assists per game for Ball State. So already, Indiana, a quick pickup from the transfer portal and someone that's got a lot of Indiana background from his days at Winchester. And then, of course, playing this past season for new Ball State coach Michael Lewis as well. So he's a name that we will get to more today and learn more about in the coming days that is for sure. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, you know, everybody's excited about Florida Atlantic. They are a Cinderella of the March Madness Tournament, that is for sure. And it just so happens that this Cinderella has a great connection to our state and to the IU basketball program with Dusty May serving as the head coach. I've mentioned a lot over the last couple weeks as his team has made a move through the tournament, his connection to Southern Indiana, where he's from, Eastern Green High School, Green County, not far from Bloomington. And uh, today we're going to be joined by a local guy, a good guy, a basketball guy named Dan Block. And Dan was a former IU manager. He was on the administrative staff of IU basketball under Coach Mike Davis. Dan, back in the game recently, he's been a big part of Ryan Miller's tenure at Providence. And if you know Dan, he's just a good Southern Indiana guy and a guy that really loves basketball. He He's really close friends with Dusty May. They were in each other's weddings. They served together at Indiana. And uh, Dan has been along this journey, making some of the stops with Coach May and the Florida Atlantic program as they've moved through the NCAA tournament. So Coach Block is going to join us here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show today, it's Wednesday. So Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll get into to the new commitment for Indiana uh, from the transfer portal from Ball State. We'll also talk about the departure of Tamar Bates. And I'm sure 
Some other departures could be possible. We'll talk about the uh, possibility of those as well. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He will be with us as we talk local sports each week. High school baseball underway, and it looks like already it should be a really good season for some of our local teams. So stay with us for Josh Cook coming up a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, yesterday was great for IU being out of the tournament. Tons of text on the Thornton's text line. I love it. It was great. The questions were great. It helps stir, it helps stir the conversation on our program. So if you've got a question for one of our guests or really anything you want to sound off on today, you can send us a message at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Send us a text. We'll get it on the air. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get to our first guest, Coach Dan Block, a Providence assistant, Southern Indiana native, and a guy that's spent a lot of time in Bloomington over the years. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate all you do here in Southern Indiana for us IU fans and uh, to support local uh, high school athletics and youth athletics in our area. I think it's everybody, everywhere I go, people um, always comment about what a great job you do. So we certainly appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, How neat has it been for you, Dan, to see a friend going back to your college days that you spent a lot of time with in Bloomington uh, go on to have this kind of success and see him work and lead a team through the NCAA tournament, ultimately reaching the Final Four this weekend? Yeah, it's it's a little surreal, but, um, you know, in this profession of, of coaching, it is really good to see good things happen to good people. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, I don't know if it's karma or, uh, you know, um, things working out the way they should. But I, I do believe when people do things the right way and, and treat people with respect, that um, good things work out for them. So that that's definitely the case with Coach May. Let's go back to Bloomington, your all's time together. And I think people might know you, and I think a lot of people that know you from a basketball standpoint know your commitment to the sport over the years and your involvement in Indiana. But as you tell us about your years with Coach May, going back to IU as a manager and so forth, tell us about your time there working for Coach Knight and then ultimately Coach Davis as well. Yeah, so Matt, um, you know, I thought I wanted to coach high school and and teach um, and then uh, got involved there instead of going to a small school, uh, went and got involved like, like Coach May did. You probably, many of you have probably read the story about how he started out. He went one year and played at Oakland City, but he himself, you know, also wanted to coach high school ball. And um, so we had both gotten the same advice, I guess, is try to go work for a coach that you consider to be the best in the business. And if you do a good job for that person and learn a lot, then you'll have a lot of opportunities, you know, after college. So that's uh, that's what I did. And Dusty was a year ahead of me. So his last year at IU was Coach Knight's last year. And then um, so we worked together for Coach Knight's last three years um, as managers. Both of us wanted to go into coaching. Um, we worked along some other guys that are now Division One head coaches as well. Joe Pasternak, the head coach at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, Mike Schrage was the head coach at Elon 
Um, and then he left when Coach K retired. He left. He's now the uh, special assistant to Coach John Shire at Duke. Um, and so we, those guys like us, we had a lot of unique opportunities because back then um, you kind of just had the head coach and three assistants and then the managers. We got to do um, the things that we enjoyed doing was getting our classes done early, getting to the gym, and we worked with the assistant coaches hand-in-hand uh, hand on breaking down video, um, both self-scouts, you know, seeing what we were doing as a team that we needed to improve upon and, and showing guys what they were doing well. And then, obviously, for upcoming opponents, um, it was just eye-opening to see the, the detail, the attention to detail that goes in and being able to, um, you know, find the things. Coach Knight was such a genius on being able to see what it was that our team could do to take advantage of um, the other team's weaknesses and to see, you know, the matchups that would work well. He'd always say, you can pick who's going to guard our guys, but we can pick where you're going to have to guard them. So, um, you know, you just learn a lot every day from Coach Knight. It's not a surprise to me to see the success that, you know, people have had in coaching, but also outside of coaching, just because you learn the attention to detail. You learn to um, get things done um, and to find a way to, to get it done the right way. And so it's, it's not a surprise to see Coach May. Um, one summer we had the opportunity to coach AAU basketball together, and that was fun. Uh, that was for Bloomington Red, and their their 17-year-old team had guys like Jared Jeffries and Sean Klein and Chris Thomas, and we had the pleasure of coaching a 16-year-old team, which um, our local guy, Dennis Coutte from Jeffersonville, was on that team. And then yeah. the name that most people most people would recognize is Sean May was a 15-year-old at that time, so, so he played together with us. And I know Coach May in some interviews has gone back and said, you know, people are asking him, you know, one of the things now is he's so positive and, and so calm. And I know he said he learned a lot in that year when we coached together because we both tried to be like Coach Knight and uh, probably showed showed our backside a couple <laughs> times and and afterwards, you know, kind of learned from that. So, great stuff. Dan Block joining us. Dan is an assistant coach at Providence, former manager, former staff member at IU uh, with the basketball program, and spent a lot of time with Dusty May, the Florida Atlantic coach. Uh, I believe uh, you've been, is it every step of the way with Florida Atlantic, or have you missed one? But you've been right there and in communication with him and had a chance to uh, see these games up close and personal. Yeah, Matt, you know, I mean, from the first year that he got there, my son and I went over and watched him play at Illinois. They pulled off upset there in their first year. Um, and then um, this season, luckily, you know, like you said, um, Coach Miller and Coach Stimler have done a great job at Providence, and I've been able to uh, be a small part of that here the last few years. So I haven't had a chance to go see uh, their conference tournament or anything. Thankfully, with the uh, you know the good players that we have at Providence, you know we've been playing during the uh, postseason. Um, unfortunately, you know this year we uh, you know we played a, a great game against Brownstown, but. Uh, you know, unfortunately lost that at the end, but it did afford me the opportunity to go down. So, yeah, I flew down to Dallas and got to see Coach May um, in their conference tournament. And then, fortunately, they got the first two rounds in Columbus. So we were able to go over on Friday and Sunday to watch that as well. But I told people, you know, when when the, CD, when the brackets came out, I said, you better pick uh, Florida Atlantic at least into the Sweet 16 because I knew if they could get by Memphis that, you know, in my mind, I thought they'd be going up against Purdue. I thought that was a good matchup for them. So, obviously, FDU knocked off Purdue. But um, I definitely wasn't surprised to see them at least make it into the Sweet 16. 
Absolutely. Talking with Dan Block about Dusty May. I saw a graphic that came out recently from IU on social media highlighting a lot of the managers and where they're at. I know you mentioned a lot of former IU managers just earlier and the success that they've had, specifically in Division One basketball. Of course, Dusty May right now is at the very top of that list uh, as he's got his team in the Final Four. But isn't it amazing? And you're you're on that list. You're from that uh, that fraternity of guys that uh, put a lot of hard work in over the years, a lot of behind the scenes work in, even in a, a day where technology probably wasn't as friendly to managers and assistant coaches as what it may be today. But isn't it amazing to look and see? And I'm sure there are other programs that can tout the successes of managers and other folks. But it's just amazing to see the number of guys that have went on to be head Division One, assistant Division One coaches, and coach at other levels of basketball, whether it be high school or junior college or other D2, D3 levels. It's just amazing. Yeah, but, you know, it really is. I guess the name that most people would recognize is Lawrence Frank, who obviously was a head coach in the NBA and is now the president of the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. And there's George David, who's the assistant GM of the Detroit Pistons. And uh, the athletic director at IU, actually uh, – Scott Dolson was a manager for Coach Knight, so he was there in the varsity club when we were managers at IU, and he's worked his way up all the way to the top and done a great job as AD at IU. But um, I, I think the one, uh, the, you know, the, the three guys now that are head coaches are obviously Coach May, Coach Pasternak, and then, like I said, Coach Shragi stepped aside as head coach at Elon to uh, be assistant to Coach Shire at Duke. Great stuff. You know, one thing about Dusty May, and I think I probably met him through you a number of years ago, but one thing that's always been impressive to me is as he ascended through the coaching ranks, starting at a small school, moving up to be an assistant coach at Florida, ultimately taking on uh, his own program at FAU, he stayed in great touch with Southern Indiana. And obviously his home community is Greene County and Eastern Green High School, and I've seen some things from that school. They are absolutely celebrating him and cheering on his team this week. They've kind of adopted them, as you would think that they might. But he's always been quick to touch base about a player. Matt, what do you know about this guy? And I know in a much greater way he's been in touch with you and, and ask your thoughts on this area. But he's always, no matter where he's been at, kept a love for this area and has always respected players from this area because he's always recruited the state very hard. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he knows you, Matt, as Matt Stats, uh, from all the work <laughs> you did when you were young, you know, young high school guy uh, doing a scouting and recruiting services. So, you know, everybody recognizes and knows you throughout the state uh, at the college level um, for the work that you do and that you did, you know, years ago. But, yeah, Coach May, his top player now is a, a sophomore, Janelle Davis, and he's from Gary, so he does, um, you know, Coach May, um, they get up and down. Uh, he lets the guys play with a lot of freedom as long as they're playing together and as a team, and he wants them taking, you know, uh, good shots. And um, this guy they have, Janelle Davis, he, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other schools that are probably already recruiting him, um, you know, to, to join their ranks next year. But, um, yeah, that, that kid is just a sophomore, and he's from the state of Indiana. And the, the cool thing about their program is they start one freshman, three sophomores, and a junior. And then the only senior they have is uh, Mike Forrest. He's the kid that came in the game. He was Dusty's first recruit, and he's the one that knocked down those four straight free throws at the end of the last game. So, um, you know, they he, he does have a strong connection to the state of Indiana, that's for sure. 
All right. I said yesterday as we went off the air that I thought if I had to pick, San Diego State would be maybe my pick to get to the national championship game. I had a chance to see them in Louisville, and there's so much to be said about seeing a team live. You can watch somebody on TV over and over, but you just pick up some different things and get a different feel from seeing a game live. Boy, San Diego State was big and experienced and had some bruisers. And I know FAU has some size as well, but you've got a great read on this Florida Atlantic team and obviously a terrific read on Coach May as well. What do you think about this matchup? How do you break it down? Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, going into that game, I was probably pulling for Creighton to win because they only play six guys in Florida Atlantic. They go nine deep, and um, Florida Atlantic is much more balanced. But I would say um, San Diego State, they they play a lot the same way that um, Florida Atlantic does. So it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I wouldn't bet against uh, the Owls. Uh, They play together. Um, they communicate and they play to win, and um, they're not going to be—they're not going to back down. They're not going to be afraid. So they do have the big seven-two kid inside from Russia, Vlad, and uh, their backup post player is about six-eight. Uh, other than that, yeah, they're all six-four and below. But you know what? I think you've probably seen in this tournament um, that it's not always the team with the height that wins the rebounding battle. Um, you got to be quick to the ball, and when you share the ball and you move the ball from side to side, that defense gets out of position. And, um, you know, if you take some threes, you're going to have long rebounds. So sometimes it's the, it's the quicker guys, not necessarily the taller guys, and it's the guys that have the most fire and desire to get to the ball that can win that battle. So I, I wouldn't bet against Florida Atlantic, that's for sure. All right, Dan Block with us. Dan is the assistant coach at Providence. Great basketball guy, former IU manager, and on the staff there as well, and a great friend of Dusty May. I probably need to have you back. You you could join us uh, anytime to talk hoops, but before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to talk about your contributions at Providence and how fun it's been to see that coaching staff and that program come together under Ryan Miller. Uh, just an amazing job the last few years, a state championship a season ago. And I know that that is your alma mater. You take a lot of pride in contributing to that basketball program and its success here recently, especially. Oh, that's absolutely right, Matt. I never really envisioned getting back into um, coaching unless it was my kids, but when you get the right leader in place um, and they do things the right way, and you know, he, he kind of asked me to, to be involved, and I didn't know how much I would be able to. But after getting in that gym the first day at practice and um, having other great people on staff, obviously he and Coach Stimler, um, it was like we were finishing each other's sentences. And although Ryan and I played together for one year when I was a senior and he was a freshman, we'd never coached together, we'd never worked together. Um, but him and Coach Stimler and myself, um, you know, we were just all pulling in the right, in the same direction. And when you have good kids, I mean, those guys were thirsty to learn. They, they took everything in and we've been blessed really with just great, great young men that they like to work. They like to get after it. Um, you know, they have great parents that, that support the coaches and support, uh, so, you know, support the administration. So, um, we're just really blessed that to have, you know, have good kids and a great group of coaches, and that's what's been the fun thing about it is, um, you know, I can't be there every day, but as I said earlier, I, I like kind of doing the preparation and scouting of upcoming opponents, and, um, you know, we have a, you know, I couldn't even mention all the guys, all the people we have on staff, but it just allows everybody to do what they are good at and um, just kind of pitch in here and there if there's another area or if they have time that they can commit to. So definitely uh, Coach Mikowski, Coach Goss, um, 
they're there every day. And so that just allows the rest of us the opportunity. And, and Coach Denman taking it from the administrative side. It's just been a, a great fellowship. And um, enjoy the coaching staff and enjoy the players and their parents and the, the entire community. So we look forward to doing great things. And um, one thing Coach Knight always said was the mental is to the physical is four is to one. And so I just think, uh, you know, we might not always have the, the most athletic kids or um, the best basketball players, but we have guys that play together. They play to win. Um, and, um, you know, we just we do the little things and they pay attention to detail, and that allows us to, to usually get it done at the end. All right, good stuff. Dan Block with us, a great friend of Dusty May. Dan, we'll have you back on here in the off season to talk some other basketball and reminisce about your times working for Coach Knight and Coach Davis. Uh, that was a fun ride as well uh, in Bloomington. But thank you so much, and good luck to Coach May. We're all pulling for him. All right, we appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for all you do. Thank you very much. Dan Block with us here in the first segment. A number of texts. Uh, texter says, this is Butch. He says, uh, Marty Polio, IU manager, former IU manager, now the J.C. P.S. superintendent. He was a manager for Bob Knight at IU from 1989 to 1993. So uh, that's a shout out there to uh, Mr. Polio, who is uh, doing big things there over at J.C.P.S. Also a text with high school baseball starting. Uh, it says congratulations to Coach Shane Stock, Coach Josh Biven, Coach Jeff Crawford, and others on the Jeff coaching staff. They got a couple wins last night over at Louisville Manual. So congratulations to uh, Coach Stock, and thank you for the text. Also another text on the Thornton's text line. Ron says, Michael Lewis on the IU coaching staff, question mark, question mark. I assume that he'll be at Ball State for a while. I think it's a good fit for him. Love seeing Coach Lewis back in the state, and uh, but definitely interesting to see what his future will be like uh, at Ball State. That is for sure. But uh, thank you, Ron, for the text. We've got some other messages that we'll get to here in just a bit as well. We'll head to a break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. we got to get uh, on this Peyton Sparks from Ball State out of the transfer portal to the Hoosiers. Tamar Bates is now in the portal, and there could be more to come. So we'll talk about all that next. And keep your text flowing, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter says, love the idea of having another Indiana guy. Let's just cross our fingers. Woody gets us some scores. And let's welcome in Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star to the program to talk about that very subject. Dustin, a addition to the IU roster earlier this morning and last night a subtraction 
to the IU roster with Tamar Bates entering the transfer portal. Let's start with Bates first. Were you surprised to see him his decision announced to uh, leave Bloomington? Yeah, not 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 stunned. I mean, there's obviously a few reasons, uh, you know, why. I mean, obviously, I haven't, uh, you know, watched a lot of games this year. I'm sure there was there there was some things I might have known better had I been around the program and actually been covering it. Um, and and I, 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 it sounds like you know he he got along well with everybody. It seemed like everybody you know liked tomorrow. It seemed like he had a generally good you know relationship with Mike Woodson. But obviously, just offensively, he just it really on both ends. Uh, he hadn't made the strides I think that they had expected and that he had expected to make, uh, and certainly wasn't a, a focal point, uh, you know, for for this team. He came off the bench, you know, he, he it, getting him the ball wasn't necessarily uh, a primary concern. Basically, if he scored, that that was fine. If he didn't, that was fine. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hutchinson became the lead guard, and everything else sort of on the perimeter kind of revolved around him. Uh, and Miller Cop was the guy that uh, was most likely going to get uh, the open shots. You know, and the numbers just ultimately weren't great. I mean, what are we? I'm calling it up here to remind myself exactly what his stats were. But you know, I mean, and just just some tough breaks and things didn't go as planned. And you also have to imagine that uh, after a whole season of of being a dad, but also being this far uh, away, uh, you know, from his daughter, I mean, certainly she came to a lot of things. They made a made a point to make sure that that uh, they they spent as much time together as possible. I, I don't think she was in town. Um, so I imagine that's something that, that probably weighed on him. He probably wants to get closer to Kansas City uh, this time around. So I, I guess you're not shocked when you consider the totality of it. Uh, and, and again, just the fact that you know he averaged 6.1 a game. He's pretty far down there on the scoring list. He certainly would have had an opportunity to do more this year, you would think. But but you could see how he'd want a fresh start in some place, uh, preferably closer to home. Dustin Doperak, Indianapolis Star, our guest. On the flip side of that. Indiana adding a player from Ball State who played this past season for former IU player Michael Lewis, Peyton Sparks, uh, has committed to Indiana out of the portal. And this is interesting because Peyton has spent all this time in the Hoosier State. He was a great player at Winchester High School, obviously committed to Ball State out of high school, played there for two seasons. He's a big, and he had some good stats last year for Ball State, but is he ready to bang at the Big Ten level? I mean, seems that way to me from watching, you know, just some highlights. I and mean, I was just kind of catching up on him a little bit before, uh, you know, getting ready for this, basically. Um, and, you know, certainly seems like he's got the muscle, you know, 6 months to 40. I mean, it, it does seem like he's got the body. I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I mean, is he going to be a guy that you're going to throw down there and he's going to get the same type of numbers that he was getting at Ball State? You know, probably not just on the basis of, you know, it, it's stepping up a notch. Uh, it's going up from, from the MAC to the Big Ten. He's probably not going to be able to out-muscle and push around uh, guys at the same level, but but can he hang? I mean, it certainly looks to me like he can hang. Uh, it certainly looks to me like he's got you know he, he's got the body you want. He's got good touch around the rim. He's got good post moves. He's rebounding at a high clip. Uh, you know everything there seems like it's going to translate well enough. Again, is is it well enough that he's going to be all Big Ten? You know, I'm not, I don't think you guarantee that at all. But I mean, I think you could you, you can slot him in there and say you know if Malik Renew doesn't take over, doesn't become the guy that that has to be the starting five. Uh, for this team, then you can put you know Sparks there. You can play Renew next to him and have both of those guys down there. Uh, if you know, tr- maybe try to get Renew in particular more perimeter reps. Um, but you know, ultimately he's he's certainly got the size. He gives you you need depth in there. You've already lost Logan Dunk- Logan Duncan uh, to the portal as well. You, you got to have at least two guys who are capable of playing the five, and this certainly gives you a guy that, that is capable of doing it for sure. Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star. As far as the transfer portal goes, I have no insight to this, but there have been rumors 
And it would be understanding, I think, to, to wonder what the future of Jordan Geronimo looks like in an IU uniform. But with that said, um, I got to believe there's more transfer portal activity even exiting the program for this team. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done adding players, replacing Trace Jackson, Davis, and others. But um, I've got to believe that there will still be more that exit uh, Bloomington. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would think so, and 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 I think Geronimo is the one name that stands out uh, as as the highest possibility. You know, being that Bates and Duncan are already out. Um, you know, and I, I guess you know I, I don't think I don't think it could drag Trey Galloway out of there with a you know like like with a tank if you if you tied him to it. I don't think you're getting Trey Galloway out of Bloomington, and you know Anthony Leo, you would flat out have to kick out. I mean, like he's not you know I think he's perfectly pleased with with his scenario. Uh, at this point, so I would be really surprised if those two left. Uh, either one of those two left on their own. You know, Geronimo. Uh, you know, this season was not. I, I don't think what anybody expected it to be for from him. I, I certainly expected him to have a much better season. Twelve point three minutes per game. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a scenario where they were just they were really going to try to get him on there just because of all the promise that you saw, the athleticism that you saw uh, in those first two years, and even with Grace Thompson back, you figured they would just try to find somehow some way uh, to get him on the floor. And, and and you know, I guess he just didn't justify it. At, at the end of the day, it's all even the per minute numbers. Uh, everything was just a lot better uh, as a sophomore, and you know. So the, on one hand, there's an opening, but on the other hand, you have to imagine that he has got enough, uh, you know, sort of signals from the coaching staff that that there is nothing guaranteed for him at all. Even with uh, Jackson Davis and Thompson both moving on, you would think that there would be a clear path to playing time. But you know, there, there clearly is not as, as much satisfaction with his level of play uh, as you would think. So you would consider that there's a good chance he goes. Uh, looks for another opportunity. So that would be the one name that you would look at and say, well, it would make logical sense uh, for him to move on. Um, but really, I mean, the thing about it is though, there's, there's, you know, there's so many other guys that are leaving that, that have to leave um, or that are going to the NBA. You have to presume Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hutchino are both going to be in the draft. Uh, Xavier Johnson, I, I wouldn't think that he would get a medical and leave. Um, it, it seems like if he wants if he wants a sixth year, it's going to be at Indiana. I don't think he's going to transfer anyplace else. You know, Ray Thompson, Miller, Copper out of out of eligibility. You just don't have a lot left there. I mean, I, I don't see Renew, Banks, or Gunn leaving after their freshman year. That's that. that I, I would think that would not happen. Uh, that would be sort of my initial thought to see. Okay, if, if you're Caleb Banks or CJ Gunn, you want to get a sense of what they really think about you uh, and what opportunities you can really have because they they just didn't get a chance to play this year. I would I you know I can't imagine Gunn would leave because it seems like. He and his family are happy having him in Indiana. Um, so I, I would think the one name that you'd want to watch just for, you know, if you're logic into that would probably be Geronimo. All right, Dustin Doperak, the Indianapolis star. We're talking IU basketball and the transfer portal today. Uh, what a transition to the McDonald's All-American game last night. I watched a great part of the game uh, the entire second half. Pretty good game for an all-star game. Uh, it, it just seemed from the very get-go that those guys were going to play some D and be somewhat competitive, and it finished with a close score, which probably helped them stay focused to the very end. But that said, only two Big Ten players in that game, two future Big Ten players, both of them headed to Michigan State, Jeremy Fears and Xavier Booker, who, of course, is from Indianapolis Cathedral. And as I think about the Big Ten, and I'm a little down on the conference. I love Big Ten basketball. I don't know that I love the style it's developed into, but I love Big Ten basketball. I love a lot of the coaches in the conference, a lot of the rivalries that exist in the conference. But coming off this NCAA tournament, uh, another one where the Big Ten just had a 
lackluster performance. And Michigan State, a surprise, but they were the farthest team to make it in the tournament uh, representing the Big Ten Conference. But that said, you look at some of the recent uh, NCAA tournament finishes and how things went for the conference, and you look at some of the incoming recruiting classes and the fact that there are only two McDonald All-Americans in the McDonald, uh, coming into the conference next year. Uh, what, what's wrong with the conference right now, and is there any reason for concern here about the future of Big, Big Ten hoops? I, I mean... There's not concern for the future in the sense of it not being there. I mean, there's obviously, I think, a concern for them saying, okay, like, what what has to change there? I think that, you know, what is wrong with the Big Ten Conference is nothing that hasn't been there the whole time. Uh, it's, just, it's always been uh, a physical league. It's always been a slower, grinded-out league compared to, you know, the ACC, the Big East. No, 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 less the Big East. The Big East had some very grindy periods, obviously, uh, in the late in the 90s, you know, early 2000s, etc. Um, but I think it because it is it's still very post oriented, um, and you know they still uh, let them play and don't call a whole lot of fouls. Uh, you know, comparatively, it's still kind of brutal. Uh, you know, grimy game. It's, you know, they show up in the tournament and it's more wide open in the tournament. Teams are playing faster. Teams are playing more wide open, and, and they're more guard oriented. So. Uh, I think that's I think what's standing out is is that's where these teams are losing is they're getting to this level and they're getting beat by better guards and they're being out athletes um, and they're you know they're they're also used to getting away with stuff they're also used to getting away with more physical play that gets called and all of a sudden you know star and important players are are rolling with two and three fouls and you have to go through the game figuring out okay what are you going to do now uh, you know how how are you going to make things work especially if you've been relying and really leaning hard on some of these bigs. I mean, you know, you look at the All American teams the last three, you know, three years or so. Uh, you know, how many Big Ten big men are on it, and then what does that translate to? You know, it's, it's really been the thing. I mean, like you got National Player of the Year in, in Zach Eady. Yeah, I think National Player of the Year last year in Luca Garza. I mean, I'm, unless my uh, unless I'm, you know sort of forgetting anything, but they're you know they have produced like all of these these All American players that have had phenomenal um, individual seasons, and it's been fun play to. I mean, there have been really good games in January and February and, and, and the beginning of March. It's, it's been fun to watch the league. Um, you know, I'm sure it draws well from a television standpoint during the season comparatively. But you get them in the tournament, and it's a different style of play, and they're not doing very well with it. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's all—it's always been a scenario where it's talked when you come down with recruiting as far as getting McDonald's All Americans. Um, you know, especially as, the, as you're seeing more and more uh, top players go go to some of these, you know, Montverde academies and stuff like that. Obviously, it's good that Indiana is getting in there, um, but it's not always easy for them to recruit, you know, some East Coast powerhouses when you're going out to, uh, you know, all the D.C. schools and recruiting there. I mean, Indiana's been able to do it. Some other schools have been able to do it. Um, but generally, the Big Ten has always been regional when it's recruiting, um, more or less, and even that's even the case of two All-Americans uh, going to the Big Ten. I believe are going both going to Michigan State, and that's Jeremy Fears, and that's um, Xavier Booker. And Xavier Booker's obviously a cathedral kid, local. Jeremy Fears, is, and I think he played at La Lamere this season, but he's been uh, a, a, you know, I think he's an Illinois kid, you know, but he's been relatively local. I know Indiana was interested in him uh, a while back. Um, so, I mean, it, the Big Ten is, and I think always will be, more Midwestern in its base uh, in terms of how it's always going to recruit. You're not always going to get the McDonald's All-American kids. Uh, you'll probably get a lot of guys that are fringe that. Um, and you're looking at more kids that are going to be you know, stars at either public schools or you know places like Cathedral where they're private, but they're also playing you know the, the state league as opposed to playing uh, these national schedules. The Big Ten just tends to do well with those kinds of players. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I think the biggest thing that has to change 
uh, has got to be how the, how the game is officiated. I think that the coaches obviously have to look at um, what is winning in the tournament, and they have to become a little bit more wide open and say that, that this is what's required. Like, you know, and say uh, even though you have to, to really be able to bang inside to win in the Big Ten, uh, once you get there, you got to be able to win. And, and, and Tom Izzo has always been able to adapt, uh, and not every coach has. Dustin Doperak, the Indianapolis Star, with us Wednesdays to talk IU. I've got a feeling that the transfer portal coming and going is going to be a conversation uh, that we touch on the next few weeks. So, Dustin, thanks for the chat today. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting for sure. You're going to see a lot of movement there. All right. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Uh, Dustin Doperak, he's with us Wednesdays. And Dustin is the Pacers beat writer now for the Star. And we occasionally talk... Pacers or NBA, but he's just a great resource for the Hoosiers and really anything college basketball, NBA draft, etc. And we've got that coming up, the NBA draft, that is, uh, in the uh, near future. As we head to commercial break here in a moment, I saw uh, Rick Bozich with a story a little earlier uh, today that just highlights the Final Four. No top 50 high school players on a Final Four team. 14 starters who were not top 100 prospects. No preseason top 15 teams if you look at the four teams in the Final Four. This is just a Final Four unlike any that I can ever remember. It's just different, that is for sure. So pulling for Florida Atlantic, I don't know if they could beat San Diego State, but boy, I would love to see Dusty May and Florida Atlantic playing a championship game on Monday night. That would be a lot of fun. And I'm also interested in the women's Final Four. Can Iowa make a run? Can they challenge South Carolina? I think the answer is no, but boy, if Caitlin Clark can post a, was it a triple-double with 41 points, it's unbelievable. You can do anything. Uh, you're capable of upsetting anybody when you can get a performance like that out of somebody. So a good weekend of basketball ahead, both on the men's and women's side. But I'm still going to go with Connecticut to win the whole thing on the men's side. So we'll head to a break. We're back to talk local sports. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune is with me for a quick chat on local sports. And Josh, lots to get to in a short amount of time because high school baseball is back. The Red Devils were in action last night and we're not long away from our first rivalry game or two of the season. But so far, New Albany a win earlier in the week. Jeff a win last night. Some of our locals getting off on the right foot. Uh, some of the new coaches, too. Uh, you know, Tim Redford uh, picked up his first win the other day at North Fork, and then uh, Shane Stock got his yesterday against the manual. And uh, well, we've got Trey Watson, I think, going today at North Harrison. So uh, several of the new coaches in the area getting getting a shot uh, right off the bat to get their first wins of the, the season. And, uh, you know, they're, well, for, Tim and, uh, for Tim and Trey, their careers. 
Absolutely. I was reading your baseball preview from earlier in the week where you take a look at some of the headlines for this upcoming season, and it appears, at least on paper, that Floyd Central should be one of the more talented teams that also have a chance to have more, maybe more success here in the area this year. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the, you know, of course, on paper, you know, I would say Floyd Central will probably be the favorite in that sectional, at, uh, which is played in Albany this year, which is awesome. Uh, but uh, I would say they are probably the favorite. And then, you know, right after that, I probably put Jeff in Albany, and, you know, the, both of those teams should be pretty good as well. But Floyd, yeah, Floyd's got a great, great deal of talent, uh, especially pitching wise, which, you know, is always important in, uh, in high school baseball. So, let's uh, Bishop, Bishop Letson, excuse me, uh, you know, going to Purdue. He's a, he's a big-time player, big-time pitcher. So, yeah, I, I do. I would say Floyd's probably the probably the best team uh, on paper hitting into the uh, – or, you know, looking at that sectional field and, and maybe looking in our area, they might be the best team on paper. So, you know, of course, uh, that, that doesn't mean anything, but, uh, you know, just that's something to look at before the season starts. And, you know, as the season gets going here, I think Floyd – uh, I think Floyd opens today, actually, at Tulsa City, so that'll be another one to watch, too, as we as we get going here in the next uh, day or two with uh, more baseball games. All right, we talk a lot about the transfer portal here on this show, so I want to talk <laughs> about the transfer portal from a local perspective. Jake Hydebreeder is a big name in the portal after a terrific season at Air Force. Uh, any word about who is after him or where he could go or what schools have been in contact or he could possibly visit? No, you know, I haven't seen anything on, you know, online. I haven't talked to Jake or his dad or anything, but, you know, I, I'm very interested to see what kind of schools are, are reaching out because, you know, he had a great, uh, a great two years there at Air Force. You know, he made, uh, he was third team all conference this year. And, you know, as, uh, San Diego State has shown, you know, that's a, that's a heck of a conference. So, you know, I, I, I don't know where he, where he's going to go, but, you know, I, you know, I would, he might be looking at a power five. I don't know. I'm I'm very intrigued to see where see where Jake goes. I mean, I think a power five uh, conference school would be would be a great uh, you know be a great place for him to go and, and maybe see what he could do there. You know, obviously we know that that uh, Cooperage Kobe's in the transfer portal too, and I know Bellman's you know pretty hot and hot and heavy on him. So you know we'll see if he ends up there. So that'll be a, you know. Uh, that could be one possibility for our local guys, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued to see where where Jake goes. You know, um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of uh, Connor Seaton a little bit, and Connor Seaton, you know, after he lost to Providence in the state final, heck, he went on to be a big six man and contributor up there at Wisconsin. So who knows? Uh, who knows what the future is going to hold for Jake? But hopefully, hopefully we might be seeing him playing in a Power Five conference. All right, final question for you, Josh. Any word on any of the local coaching jobs as far as when announcements could be made or any rumblings? I've had a number of texts about this over the last few days and week or so, but uh, I've got to believe New Albany's really close. I haven't heard as much about Floyd. What do you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, too, what, uh, how both of those work out. You know, like like lots of people, I figured uh, I figured Matt Lynch would, would be, uh, be a shooting for New Albany, but uh, I heard... I, I asked Chad Gilbert earlier this year if, if he and P.J. McAllister were going to have a arm wrestling battle or something to see who, <laughs> who gets Matt. And I guess I guess Chad won because you know it sounds like Matt's going to stay at uh, at uh, Charlestown. So that's 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 a very interesting. You know, good for him for making that decision. But uh, yeah, I, I guess you don't want to face off 
I didn't see Ed Gilbert in all wrestling match, but you know he's he's a big guy, so I like his chances. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I don't know what what uh, I haven't heard anything yet. But you know, I would, I would like you. I would expect something fairly soon. You know, in April or May. You know, that's kind of that's kind of where I would I would imagine something happening. Uh, maybe closer to May for for one of the two. But uh, you know, uh, obviously Floyd had a couple guys uh, in mind last time, and it just didn't work out for him. And they didn't end up hiring a coach till late June, so um, you know I, I think they'll probably be um, you know ready to hire somebody a little bit sooner this time or try to anyway. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, I'm, you know I'm interested to see what happens there. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, you can read his work at newsandtribune.com/sports, and of course daily in the print edition of the paper. Josh, thanks. We got a lot of stuff ahead this spring to cover, and uh, I'll chat with you soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. And I got to tell you, as we go out today, I heard a really interesting name for Floyd Central yesterday. Apparently, there's been some mutual interest. A former IU guy. I can't really go into much more, but that would be interesting. So we'll keep an eye on all this stuff as we move forward through the week with final four games, the women on Friday, the men on Saturday. I'll be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 